welcome and thank you for listening to a Parkwood Home Companion. My name is Joshua Pollock, one of the pastors at Parkwood Church in Jacksonville, Florida, and we're back in the book of Colossians today for another short devotional episode. Now, if you attempted to tune in this last Sunday to our uh, regular worship service, well, you were met by a message that said we weren't doing that this week because, unfortunately, uh, we had a lightning strike on our facility that fried some of our equipment and made it unable uh, for us to live stream the service last week. So please be praying for uh, our, our church as we try and remedy some of that. And uh, in that vein, as has been mentioned here before, we're going to be actually stepping out into a giving campaign over the next several years that's going to be involving our church and the Parkwood Preparatory School that is attached with us and uh, dealing with our facility and everything that's happened there over the last several years, the robberies, the fire, and the remediation that's been required because of those things. And as you can imagine, that is a very substantial amount of money. So how you can help? Well, if you are hearing this podcast and you want to give any amount at all to help support our church and our continued uh, ministry work to reach people with the gospel, uh, go to our website and click on that digital giving button and you can give any designated amount you want in a variety of areas. Or if you're in the Jacksonville area, We'd love for you to come out and be a part of our church, uh, be a regular supporter, member, and giver that will enable us to grow, reach our community, and continue forward in the years to come. So however you can, however you will, please help support us as basically we're trying to get back on our feet after a rough few years here. But more than that, looking into the future and what it's going to mean to be the church uh, in the days ahead. Okay, let's turn to today's passage, and uh, one that might upset some people in today's culture, but too bad it's in the Bible, so uh, go ahead and get over it. It's chapter 3, we're going to be looking at verses 18, and actually we're going to kind of skip over just a hair into chapter 4 and verse 1. Depending on your Bible, it may have been formatted differently, but at least in my Bible, uh, 3.18 down to 4.1 go together. So, today's passage, it says this, Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people-pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily. As for the Lord, and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Okay, so so many hot buttons here. We have the dreaded submit word. Uh, we have slavery mentioned. And yes, there's gendered language, which as Matt Walsh and Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson have shown us uh, is just almost impossible to define what a woman is at this point. So uh, how are we going to tackle these things? Well, always a good place to start is a person of Jesus Christ, and we've been talking about the supremacy of Jesus as a main theme here for Colossians. So 
that's a solid place to take anything, really. Uh, so we're going to look there and then understand where we're coming from with that idea of the new self that Paul has been putting out just before this passage. So that means the Christian life is going to be different than the world around us. It's going to appear and function and come together in a different manner than the secular world. And to an extent, the existence of this passage demonstrates that things are treated differently within the church, within Christendom, uh, than the world around it, because look at the people Paul is talking to. They normally didn't even warrant recognition uh, in this time. Women, children, and slaves here are being put on a platform of equal value, and even if not position, and this is all grounded by Paul time and again here uh, in regards to the Lord. He says, as is fitting to the Lord, fearing the Lord, pleasing the Lord. So relationally within our families and within society, we are meant to act a certain way, and this is ordained and ordered by God. Now, a brief side note here, this is not promoting or commending slavery but recognizes its existence at the time and seeks to regulate the relationships between the person identified as a slave and also the person identified as the master. And Paul even goes to the point of here saying earthly master. So this is an institution that has been created and put into place by human beings that that clearly has issues with it that is tied in with sin, that there's something wrong here. But the push is for within the church, these people to be set on uh, equal footing and the relationship uh, be shifted away from what the rest of the world is. These aren't just property. This is a human being that's a follower of Christ, and they're meant to live and act a certain way. And then the people that are identified as the masters are the same. Every human being created in the image of God with value and thanks be to God that we can say throughout history that well, the church has seen this move and, well, frankly, uh, over the arch of time, has seen slavery put down in many places as well as uh, the promotion of women's rights. Now, this obviously hasn't been perfect. This has not been a spotless track record, but over time, these things have been corrected and we can give thanks for that. So within this idea of value, then, we have what is recognized as positional differences. We could see this in terms of a military unit or a athletic team. Not everyone plays the same position and not everyone has the same role, uh, but the team functions together in equality. Specifically here, let's look at the family unit. God has put into place husbands and wives and the roles that they have been given. And, uh, well, if you follow the command from Genesis, they end up having kids who multiply and attempt to subdue their household, but if the father and mother are working together, usually they can maintain control. But within this unit that's been created and put into place by God, there's a quality of value with a hierarchy of position. And before we run off into uh, ideas of patriarchy and misogyny, everyone in this family unit is required to submit either to God directly or to a husband or mother. And again, that submission term may create some bristling from us, but this is something that is put into place for the good of each individual. And we can couch this in terms of the husband and father. If the husband and father does not submit to the Lord, are things going to go well for him? 
or any person for that matter, if we don't submit to the Lord? Absolutely not, because in that moment, we're being disobedient, bucking against what God has designed, and all the good that can come from God when we follow his perfect will is not going to come to us. So the husband and father, first and foremost, has to submit to the will of God. And in doing that, it changes how he leads the family. So the supremacy of Christ in action in the family unit, so that new self has been given to the husband and father, that husband and father no longer acts like the husbands and fathers of the world around him. Here, think Roman Empire, women are not treated on the same footing necessarily, Men are going to be largely aggressive, abusive, maybe even view wives and children as property, or at least on some level less than. But Jesus Christ has thrown all of this on his head, saying, the first shall be last, last shall be first. If you are to be great, you must be a servant. So servant leadership has been demonstrated and put into place within the church by Jesus Christ. Therefore, the men in the church are to be servant leaders. So then the mark of the Christian husband and father is to be a mirror of what God has given to us, to be loving, to be patient, to be gentle. This is the ideal presented to the Christian. And in this hierarchy, this is where women and children will prosper and function best. So Paul is outlining this idea of leadership, submission, and cohesion, all grounded in this idea of as unto the Lord. In other words, the Christian household is meant to be the greatest place of prosperity for human flourishment, and then turn around and be the greatest witness to a society that acts differently from that household. So granted in all of this is supremacy of Christ, and then even as Paul turns to slaves and masters, there's a difference in viewing other people. Treating people with value, treating others as important and valued because that's how God views them. And this changes institutions, this changes culture, this changes society. And I dare say this is something we need even today. So yes, think about that new self in Christ. Think about the supremacy of Christ in your life and ask yourself, you know, what needs to change? What needs to be flipped on its head? And how am I meant to live in the relationships that are in my life? so as to give God glory and show others just who Jesus Christ really is. Okay, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, like, share, subscribe, uh, get the word out wherever you can. We love all of you. Jesus said so, and we'll catch you next time.